very funnily went up to him and said, oh, Jermaine, is it? I thought it was very funny. He goes, you can call me <laughs> JJ, JJ if you want. This so the whole game I'm there, JJ, JJ. I even shortened it to J at one point. I was like, yeah. well, I scored and he didn't, so. <laughs> OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM, with Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Delighted to be joined in studio now by the Dublin Camogie star and uh, 2022 All-Star nominee as well, Ashley Maher. Morning, Ashley. How are things? Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you in. A um, lot of success for St Vincent's this year, so uh, you won the Dublin Senior Camogie Club title. First time since 2019, I know it's only a few year gap, but <laughs> still nice to, to kind of grab it again after after a few years. Yeah, absolutely. Feels like a longer gap when you're losing two championship Imagine. finals during that time and COVID as well. COVID as well, so. sure. It probably makes it feel like... Yeah, absolutely. Time's a bit warped, I think, for everybody, so definitely, definitely good to get back to winning ways. So, 114 to 10 points against Nafina, and uh, the guys were just saying to me uh, like before, before the show, but I'd totally forgotten this, but Brian Mullins, club legend, had, had passed away not long before was yeah. that game, so that must have been quite an emotional event. Yeah, yeah, just on the way to the game, uh, actually, that I'd heard he'd passed away. So uh, definitely a bit of a, a bit of an emotional roller coaster. You know, obviously you're up and down before championship finals anyway, trying to process everything, and then to have something like that thrown in the mix is definitely a bit of a challenge. So um, yeah, look, it was something we spoke about uh, prior to the game, and I, actually again at halftime as well. I guess we just wanted to um, kind of remember him and, and honor him in the best way that we could at that time. Um, obviously, the last thing Brian would have wanted was matches being cancelled. Or anything like that so the best thing we could do is just go out and kind of play the way he played I guess and, and represent the club to the best of our abilities so nice to be able to do that yeah. You certainly did it on the day as well with your scoring tally was it 12 points you got in the uh, Yeah well including, <laughs> including freeze so uh, I won't take too oh, much okay. credit for them <laughs> Well at 114 it's still pretty impressive <laughs> That's Erling Haaland stuff you're the uh, Erling Haaland of the Dublin Club. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a compliment now. I don't think I've ever gotten anything that high before. <laughs> <laughs> like when you get, I know it's, it's look, it's team game, and it's maybe only after you, you retire that you can kind of look back and assess and, and appreciate individual honours. But like when, like I said, All Star nominee this year and little things like that in moments, do they mean much at the time? Is it the kind of thing you, you look back on and say, ah, oh, that that means a lot to me, or is it just one of those things where you're kind of coasting along in your career and you don't really think about it? Yeah, look, it's it's always nice to get those kind of individual nods along the way, but like realistically, any of that sort of stuff, you know, it's it, there's still team awards regardless of whether or not they're given out to an individual because without the team, you don't get there in the first place. You know, that kind of way, regardless of whether that's say with the All Star nomination this year, two of us from the team being nominated, it's because the team made it to quarterfinals that you're given the opportunity for you know players to showcase their game a little bit more and, and get those nominations. So I was I was slagging Ash the other forward who got nominated, saying you know the two of us are playing in the full forward line, getting nominated, we're stealing all the glory from the backs doing the hard work <laughs> uh, but yeah look they're always nice to get um, like it's funny because we were chatting to Lee Keegan and then a few lads yesterday uh, on the show Luke Connolly was on as well and they're, they're talking about the club success they've had this year and I guess trying to compare it to, to county success and, and the comparison's always made but I mean how much more does it mean to, to, to win stuff it's obviously lovely to, to win games and, 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 and tournaments as well with, with the dubs but when you, when you do it with the people you've, you've grown up with and, and the community around you in St Vincent's like it, it must mean that maybe a slight bit more maybe does it? Yeah look it's always it's lovely to get back to the club but you know like you said I'm in with Vincent since I was probably four or five years of age so like it is a, it's a special feeling you know all the girls that I would have grown up with gone to school with hung around at home with uh, are all my mates on the team so like it is definitely very special to get back to the club and like that even everybody outside of the team are people who've been coaching you mentoring you since you know you're, you're this height so uh, it's lovely to be able to kind of have that feeling of getting back in with everybody and yeah club is a very special one definitely 
And how's everyone on the team feeling heading into Leinster? Yeah, there's good excitement. We had a bit of a gap. We had uh, six weeks between the uh, Dublin Championship final and first round of Leinster. Right. So, yeah, that's this weekend probably, you're playing Thomastown? Uh, the following weekend, following Saturday weekend. week. Yeah, okay. the 12th we're out. So getting towards the latter stages of six weeks now, thankfully, because <laughs> it's, uh, it's long enough like to keep it going for, you know. And you kind of, you can't keep energy and momentum and everything up yeah. at 90 for six weeks. So to be fair to management, I think they've done a good job of, you know, letting us come down for a little bit. But then you have the effort of trying to push it back up again so yeah look I think we're I think we're going well looking forward to actually just getting out on the pitch now kind of starting to get impatient in the last week yeah, if anything Do you have any games in between times like even just friendly sort of ones to kind of keep you in that game mentality because as you say if you're just training for six weeks that's really hard to yeah. get yourself like game sharp yeah absolutely no we, we did thankfully I think you'd need to like you mm. couldn't you couldn't keep the momentum going just with training I don't think for that long so yeah no thankfully we've managed to play kind of close enough to a challenge game a week at this rate whether they're kind of in-house or colleges or other club teams that are still going you know you're kind of just uh, taking games off anyone you can get this time of year exactly. Ashley, will you settle the debate for us? Is it a hurl or hurley? <laughs> Paddy Stapleton on the show yesterday, and he's he's written a couple of children's books, um, and he's actually he's given the title. He's he's done both. Like he's printed both because he knows it's a controversial topic. I think we put a poll up the other day, and it was fairly fairly split down the middle. Split. I think it's a geographical thing, but like, what did you yeah, call it? Yeah, I think it's up? geographical as well. And it was funny because I was in at the the launch for the club championships that AIB were hosting the other day, and even like the the guys on set were saying, hey, "Do you want me to call it a hurl? Or do you want me to call it a hurl? <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying I always call it a hurl but like so Jesse Hutchinson I. I know was chatting to you guys and he was in there and he was like absolutely not like it's a hurly all the lads in Munster call it a hurly yeah now some people get very offended I wouldn't get offended either way but I would I would call it a hurl I'd have to, I'd have to firmly go <laughs> He's, the cock man in the box there already sent him here it's a hurly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry is that a bad pro- that's a bad accent it's a hurl I think I, I think it's a hurl as well he's not here so we'll have exactly. yeah. I say it was a hurl as well so that's you three. call it a hurl yeah uh, three out of three 100% <laughs> sorry uh, like it was the cutest thing ever Paddy brought in his, his first hurl slash hurley which was like the temporary colours on it and I mean the thing must have been about this size like, it was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life and he brought it in and he was talking about the process of getting your first hurl and like the way the hurl is made and like it, it, it as I said to him it reminded me of Harry Potter like going into mm. the wand shop and getting and your he first said wand. it was like going into Santa's workshop yeah, <laughs> this is amazing like, do you remember do you remember getting your first hurl was it not that magical a moment for you or was it one of those things where you remember picking up a, a hurl slash hurley for the first time well I actually do remember it but for slightly different reasons because my parents obviously weren't as sentimental as Paddy's were <laughs> what I remember is getting like a size 28 hurl a 28 inch hurl when I started playing and I was was only about five and it was Jeez. definitely because my parents were like ah you'll grow into it we're not buying a new one of them every couple of months well. shoes, like it's a <laughs> so I remember finding it only a few years ago like and I use a size 32 now and I'm a little bit taller than I was when I was five yeah, yeah. so I was like what was the crack with that I was like ah oh, we're updating school uniforms and boots and everything else didn't need another thing that was going to be too small for you every yeah. few minutes so it didn't work out too bad in the end no. <laughs> yeah maybe that, maybe that's the trick <laughs> probably is important because I guess you have to even Paddy was talking about the fact that I, don't, I can't remember what size of hurley he has maybe 35 or but he was saying like it's probably slightly bigger than he needs it but he's a couple of times in matches as a, as a cornerback hooked someone just as in just had enough length in the hurl to, to do it so it's one of those things you need to kind of you need to be comfortable with the weight and the size of it and the boss and everything but yeah, like nobody really thinks about it outside the game, but I'm sure within the game you have to you have to get it right. Sorry, yeah. I'm obsessing over it now because <laughs> he was talking about the sawdust and everything, but it was just he made it sound magical the whole hurl making process, but also yeah. the process of picking your 
yeah, right yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think it's getting more and more individual. Definitely within Camogie, I can see it now. Like in terms of like you're saying, he's using one that's probably a little bit too long. That's very, I think, specific to kind of full back line because obviously hooking and blocking is so important. Whereas like I play the full forward line, it's probably the opposite of anything. Like a size thirty two is probably a couple of inches too short for me. Yes. Like if I try to hit the ball on the ground, there's probably a good chance I'll fresh air it nine times out of ten. <laughs> it's just that bit short. But at the same time, I'm doing the opposite. I'm trying not to get hooked or I'm using a using a short grip more often than not so it kind of suits me to have a lighter hurl that I can manoeuvre more easily yeah. theoretically anyway <laughs> you're, you're a member of the, the Gaelic Players Association LGBTQ plus working group mm-hmm. um, and, and it, look it, you've, you've come, spoken very eloquently in recent past about uh, male intercounty players especially trying to come out publicly and, and we, we just haven't had a level of, of players coming out and certainly in the male game anyway like, do you think we're heading in the right direction in terms of players feeling comfortable coming out and, and being open about that? Yeah, look, I definitely think we're heading in the right direction. I think even the establishment to this LGBTQ plus working group by the GPA is a big step in the right direction because, you know, you're opening the door, you're having conversations, you're creating that safe space within GAA as a wider family um, where people can talk and, you know, have these discussions and hopefully eventually start to feel more welcome. Um Excuse me, and I think that's something that the GPA have done really well in terms of like you know we hosted a a Pride breakfast this year before uh, the parade was on over Pride weekend, and it just creates a space where you know allies can come down, straight people can come down, and it doesn't have to be isolated to you know if if I go to this event, maybe it's gonna people are gonna assume that I'm questioning my sexuality. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes that's half the battle is to create somewhere that everybody can come together and people can feel you know I'm safe, nobody's looking at me, nobody's wondering what I'm thinking, or nobody's you know suspicious of me or whatever it might be so I think the GPA have done great work in that space and I I hope that it begins to kind of take off now over the next couple of years and spread throughout the GAA Um, and yeah hopefully over time we can create an environment that's that's more welcoming Apart from just like speaking out and obviously you do quite a lot of media and you talk about it what other stuff are the working group doing to reach out to clubs and reach out to because it I suppose one side of it is that you see these people in the media, you see them represented and you think, oh, that could be me. But also that kind of getting down to people's level and like the more grassroots element of it is probably quite important too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things we did at the start that like I thought was, you know, I was quite proud of, I thought was a great idea was just to go out and do a survey. And it was of inter-county players now at the time. But, you know, it's so hard to talk about these things when we don't have data. And you can sit here and you can hypothesise about this and hypothesise about Mm. that. But, you know, by going out and actually asking people and, uh, you know, having those conversations with players, you know, in an anonymous or confidential manner, at first say to allow people to say, well, yeah, I do know people on my team who are out or who are gay, both in the male game and the female game, then, you know, what I learned from that, first and foremost, was that, you know, there are male players who are out within their teams, which is fantastic because it means that they feel comfortable talking to their teammates and and, and talking to their friends and their teams. But also, you know, Look, it's 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 not anybody's obligation to come out publicly or to speak publicly about their sexuality. If they want to, fantastic. If they don't want to, that's their decision. But I do think we have to question ourselves as you know, an organisation and as a, as a wider family. Is there more that we could be doing to make them feel comfortable coming out? And and you know, what are the reasons that that all of those male players are choosing to keep their sexuality? quiet or within their team or their friend group and uh, I think that you know that's education basically in that way is a big is a big piece of what we're doing and and yes exactly as you said you know the more we can we can gather information and educate clubs and and smaller groups then I would hope that you know in turn kids going up will have will have better experiences yeah even you mentioned the fact that stats like we, we can see from surveys and like the survey earlier this year 
like those stats are mad. Like the GPS committee yourselves found that sixty nine percent of female players are aware of an LGBTQ plus teammate compared to just ten percent of male players. Mm-hmm. I like that's a that's a mad divide. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge difference, but you know, like to be honest with you, I was surprised it was ten percent of male players. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I kind of thought it would be lower. Yeah. Um, and like I, I do think that you know, there's so much that we talk about that the GAA are ahead of Camogie and are ahead of the LGFA, and I do think this is one of the areas where LGFA and Camogie probably have a bit of an edge on, on the GAA. And you know, I, I guess we have to look at, at why that is as well to be able to move forward. You know, um, and and there probably is an element of the GAA. Now I, I don't want to speak on behalf of of men, but for I could imagine for a lot of GAA and hurling teams, you know, there's such a an expectation and a reputation of being, you know, this kind of stereotypically masculine and strong, mm. and 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 I don't think that we've opened that space to allow men to, you know, maybe fully be their authentic selves or express themselves in that way. And it's across sports as well. Like it's not just a problem within the GAA. You know, we look at rugby, football, like it's everywhere. And even I thought. I think it's a sort of situation where it's not even something that's limited to say if there is a high profile GA player who comes out that's not only going to affect just GA players that's mm-hmm. going to also affect like other people like other kids that love rugby they're still going to see someone in the paper every day and be like ah oh. He, yeah. He's okay talking about this. I could be okay talking about it too. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great, like the few Leinster lads that have yeah. spoken out publicly about that. Like, I was really surprised that that happened. I didn't expect it at all. What yeah. fair play to them for doing it. And yeah. if we had, as you say, no one ever has to come out, no one ever has to expose themselves in that way if they don't want to. But it would just be so great for us as a country to have that conversation a bit more in that sphere because we do have it so much on the women's side. Mm-hmm. And it's not perfect by any means but there's definitely more of that base there yeah absolutely um, and you know the same thing with the, the guys over in the UK playing soccer who came out Jake Daniels and them you know I yeah. think you know I would like to think that the support that's shown to them and you know it was a vastly positive reaction that was had there was a couple of things that, that were upsetting though at the time like I know when I think when Jake Daniels posted initially he, the comments were turned off on the original post yes. which you know is unfortunately it's it's sad to see, but yeah. I I could completely understand why it was Absolutely. done because you just don't want to open yourself to that negative backlash. But I guess given that level of protection that was put in, it was nice to see then that you know so much of the response to it was so positive and that there was uh, so many organisations across the UK, particularly obviously soccer clubs and stuff, who very vocally supported him and supported his decision because exactly as you said, you know you can imagine if you're if you're a young a young guy playing any sport with the aspirations to play at a high level or play professionally, um, it has to be. Very very, you know, comforting and reassuring to see these big organisations just just step up and and to publicly state, you know, rather than saying, oh well, it's assumed, to actually make a point to saying we are supportive of this and we are an open and inclusive environment. Because every so often you see some absolutely crazy comments, like the the priest and the stole this week coming out with comments about transgenderism and homosexuality and teenagers using condoms like every so often you'll get just crazy stuff like that that that's that sets people back but also I think the reaction has been fairly positive in in its condemning of comments like that mm-hmm. yeah um, and it's hard to see as well like you know like how are we still giving platforms to these yeah. people yeah. In, in in one way like it it boggles the mind and um, yeah look it's, it's it's a difficult one to to kind of 
get your head around and it's a difficult one even to comment on because I kind of went back and forward on it a little bit you know do you do you do you come out and condemn something do you that's, even talk about it yeah yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah. that's that's so obviously terrible or do you, do you even bother giving them oxygen like you know why are we why are we covering something that seems so archaic but unfortunately at the same time it is it's very representative of a lot of the, the views of the Catholic Church yeah. at least on paper or in theory so we probably do have to discuss it to an extent because you know you'd, you'd nearly wonder how many people are you know are religious and attend mass every week and, and don't don't agree with you know the things he's saying that are maybe against abortion or as you said teenagers using condoms or whether it's homosexuality um, so I guess from an awareness perspective A it's, it's, it's good to highlight that and, mm. and, and B it's probably good to show that you know um, like yeah okay we've passed gay marriage referendums and, and that's fantastic to be one of the first countries to, to pass that by popular vote but at the same time that, that doesn't fix everything you know that's not a that's not a, a, a we're done now we can we can forget about this and move on kind of so I think it's good to highlight that there probably is still a lot of work that needs to be done and, and still people who you know think they can go, go out and, and, and preach these kind of you know hate speech really and, and ridiculous perspectives so um yeah finding the balance there I guess Can I just ask you very finally um, Ashley just uh, like the, the news that, that came about Adrian O'Sullivan the Dublin Camogie manager leaving his, his role uh, announced it, I think on social media so he's, he's two years I think into his three year contract um, and like he's referenced the application of the rules as as one of his reasons for, for stepping aside but this did this come as a surprise to, to yourself and the, the other players? Yeah, yeah, it was a surprise. Um, ah, look, you know, anybody who, who who manages, who coaches in the GAA is is giving up a huge amount of time. Um, and you know, they're a volunteer at the end of the day. Like they put so many hours into it. So, look, it's it's disappointing to see somebody somebody walk away early from from a from a contract like that. But. Um, you know, I think it's it's difficult maybe for us because we've had so much change in management in Dublin Camogie, you know, over I think I'm ten years involved at this stage and we've had like eight or nine managers in that time or something. So um it's difficult to kind of break that continuity again and from a player's perspective, I suppose that surprise kind of makes it that little bit more challenging. But mm. um at the end of the day, you know, like I said, it's 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 a volunteer thing and, and, and Adrian has a has a life and a job and a family and everything outside of that. So look, you know, I I, I, uh, I respect his decision and if ultimately if he if he can't commit to it and his head's not there then you have to you have to his re- respect his decision at the end of the day yeah fair enough absolutely Ashley great stuff thanks William for coming in and uh, and for settling the hurl hurly debate as well I think that's, <laughs> that's put to bed now yeah, exactly people just don't don't even don't even comment don't even put it in the YouTube comments I don't care it's hurl uh, and best of luck listening the, in the Leinster Championship as well with, with Vincent and Fleer going forward no doubt we'll, we'll touch base again Cheers. over the coming months OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo.